I, of course, have a way to go before I reach the label of nonagenarian. But as I've got older, one thing that I've noticed, or I've rather I've had pointed out to me by my loving wife and devoted children, is that my sense of humour has changed, and in particular that I've become less able to judge the quality of a joke. Especially if that joke involves a play on words. You see, I can't resist a good pun, but I actually can't resist a bad pun either, and I'm told I've lost the ability to tell the difference. I remember a bilingual friend of mine at school told me a pun which went like this. Two potatoes crossed the road. One of them was run over, and the other said, oh my goodness. The pun, of course, doesn't work when translated into English. Hold that thought. Today's gospel brings us probably the most influential pun in human history. Having declared that Simon's proclamation of Jesus as Messiah, the son of the living God, came to him not from human source but from heaven, Jesus says, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the pun, of course, is in the Greek, in which Matthew's gospel was written. The similar sounds between the name Peter, Petros, and the word rock, Petra. You are Petros, and on this Petra, I will build my church. But that pun doesn't translate into English. And it also doesn't actually work in Aramaic, the language that Jesus spoke. So this pun, which we only find in Matthew's Gospel, is a wordplay which works when it was written down by the Gospel writer, but wouldn't have worked if Jesus said it. Which might lead one to suspect that these words were an addition from the pen of Matthew. And as was the case last week, we find ourselves asking, why did the gospel writer, why did Matthew tell this story the way he did? And certainly one possibility is that he was intending to boost the status of Peter. For in the debates that raged within the early church around the time that this gospel was being written, there was a grand debate between Jewish and Gentile parts of the Christian church. And boosting the role of Peter is exactly the way that this pun has been used throughout history, hence my labelling it the most influential. In its identification of Peter as the first pope, the source of the church, the establishment of the hierarchy of the church through history. Peter, we're told, means the rock, and Jesus gave Simon that name and declares that he is the rock on which the church is going to be built. There's just one or two problems with that. Petros, 
Peter, doesn't actually mean rock. Petra means rock. Petros means stone. Petra, that Jesus uses when he says, I will build my church, and elsewhere the wise man built his house on the rock, the solid foundation, that's a bedrock, a mountain, a massive quantity of rock. Petros is something you can pick up. It's something you can throw. It's a stone. It's far from clear that the words recorded in this pun in Matthew's Gospel establish Peter as that rock, the bedrock. He is to that foundation on which Jesus will build as a stone is to a mountain. Made of the right stuff, the same stuff, but just a fragment of the real thing. Simon, now Peter, is now stone. He has had revealed to him the truth of who Jesus is. He is now the right thing, but he's just stone. One small part of the mass of connected rock, the bedrock, on which Jesus declares that he will build. And what will he build? We read on, on this rock I will build my church. Now this is something we miss because of hindsight, for building the church is exactly what did happen, and Peter was right at the heart of the early church. But this is almost the only place in all of the Gospels where Jesus refers to church. When Jesus speaks of his mission, when he speaks of what he has come to do, what he has come to create, to build, to establish, the word he uses is the word we translate as kingdom or as reign. The reign of God, the reign of heaven, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Matthew alone records Jesus using that word more than 50 times and the other Gospels have it a similar number. The word church, just twice. The thing that Jesus is going to build on the rock of which Peter is one small part is a church, a human institution, the gathering of those who have faith. That's what ecclesia, the word, actually means, the gathering. But it wasn't the kingdom. It wasn't the reign of God. And I think that that difference actually matters. If you were here or listening online last week, you'll remember we talked about the way that our assumptions about what it means to be God's people sometimes need to be challenged, need to be re-examined. 
The Jewish followers of Jesus in their day, we talked about last week, needed to rediscover in their heritage, in their tradition, that they were called to be God's people, not as an end, but as a means to an end. The end of all the nations coming to know what God was like. All the nations coming to worship God. In the same way, we may need to rediscover something which is in our heritage, in our tradition. Some of the wisdom of ages, of our tradition of faith. That the church, the human institution, is not the end. It's not the point. It is at its best a powerful means towards the end. The end that Jesus declared maybe a hundred times in the Gospels, bringing close the reign of God making known the kingdom of God. That was the point to which the church is a means. Jesus' teaching leads us to these lives of love and grace and inclusion and welcome which make known God's love God's grace, God's inclusion, God's welcome, the things that define the reign of God, that shape the kingdom of God that Jesus was actually all about. We are called as followers of Jesus to live under the reign of God so that others might see what God is like. And so that we might invite others to join in living under that reign. For Jesus never commanded his followers to build a church. He commanded us to proclaim the good news of God's reign. And he commanded us to make disciples, to encourage others in turn to follow him, to be part of that reign. In the early 20th century, Archbishop William Temple pointed out that the church exists primarily for the sake of those who are still outside it. The church has always existed for this, to serve those who are outside it. And by doing so, to show the world what God is like. To show the nature of God, to teach the story of Jesus. And by doing so, to draw others in to the grace and welcome of God, to draw others in to the story of Jesus, to offer others the opportunity 
to be disciples of Jesus, to be co-workers for the reign of God. The church only matters to the extent that it enables us to share that story, to share the love and welcome of Jesus Christ with those who aren't part of it yet, with those who haven't experienced that love and welcome yet. When the church does that, when the church is a place where we can learn, where we can be supported by one another, a place where we can receive the care and love and blessing of God through others, in order that we might in turn share that care and love and blessing with the world, when the church is like that, it's doing what it was built for. Because that's what human institutions are for, enabling us to do together what we could not do as individuals. That's reason enough for Jesus to declare that he would build the church. But let's not mistake it for the end for which Jesus came. Drawing people into the love and welcome of God. Inviting others to experience the story of Jesus and to join in that story. So when we think that there is no way that our friends would want to come to church, and that may well be true, perhaps because of what they think they know church is, or perhaps because of past experiences, or perhaps because whatever. Let's remember that all that is being rejected there is a human institution. That what we actually have to offer to the world is not a church, but a story. A story of a God who loves and welcomes them wherever they are. A story of a rabbi whose teaching turned the world upside down. A story in which we have found meaning, have found purpose and forgiveness, reconciliation and power and grace, whatever it is that we have found in God. And a story in which there is space for them, whoever they are. A space in which they can be the people that God created them to be. It's that story, that reign of God, that Jesus came to draw people into. And in the end, is what we, as God's church, are for. Amen.